Cougar Sports Saturday. It's complete. Another touchdown! Cougar Sports Saturday. Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. KSL Sports. Left wing for three. He got it again! BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans for Cougar fans. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte. On Utah's legacy home of the Cougars. KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Hour number two is off and running here on Cougar Sports Saturday. Hope all of you are having a fantastic Saturday afternoon, however you're listening, wherever you're listening, whether it's on 102.7 FM, 1160 AM, the KSL News Radio app, KSL Sports app, or on podcast. We appreciate you tuning in every single Saturday. Get your three-hour check-in on BYU Sports. We're watching Baylor and Kansas right now, under a minute to go in Waco. Baylor up 77-71 to on the Kansas Jayhawks. We'll keep tabs on that and see how that game finishes out as Jacoby Walter knocks down a free throw, 78-71. Now, BYU football, Matt, we BYU basketball, it's weird that they've kind of absorbed all the Oxygen. airspace. Yeah. And just, it, everyone's talking BYU hoops, but... BYU football, that little program, Cougar football, uh, they kicked off spring practice this week and eventful times for the Cougars and so many questions for this BYU football team on the heels of a 5-7 and seven campaign a year ago. None more uh, important and interesting than the quarterback battle. Here was the update from Kalani Satake on the two guys vying to be the starter, Gary Bohannon and Jake Retzlaff. I thought they made a lot of greedy big-time plays today. Made, made some really excellent throws, some great decisions, and took care of the football. So that, that stuff matters the most, and they have a lot of experience. I know that uh, Gary's been through that before. He's, he's, he's won at a high level, and, and Jake had some experience last year, but it's also had tons of, tons of football in his, in his time at JC. So I, I think we're right now that that's kind of where we're going with those two guys, and I thought they did really nicely today. I thought the other quarterbacks performed well too, so we have a, a crowded room, but there's a lot of talent there. They had some moments from what we saw in the media observation period. I loved that pass from Gary Bohannon. It's a, a corner route concept to Reiner Swanson. Uh, and Jake Retzloff had some nice balls as well. He had one over the middle to Keanu Hill. And one of his you know, classic arm angle sidearm throws to Keanu Hill. So they both had moments. But I don't feel like anyone was head and shoulders better than the other. And, and I, I do believe that we're in for a long battle, Mitch. You got a little bit of good. I think a little bit of bad from both quarterbacks, and that's what it's going to be. And this quarterback unit, two guys are vying for the job. They've got 10 guys total, but it's Gary Bohannon and Jake Retzlaff taking and splitting the first team reps, and those are the two guys that are going to be vying for the job, which to me, Matt, a little bit surprising that Agreed. you don't just give – and I understand every rep is precious, and – I think you, some people on the outside would say it's just spring ball, like whatever. Like every every snap matters. You're, you're you're working towards getting better, and it's even more critical for this BYU team to find an identity and find its footing in this new 16 team Big 12 conference. But I I think you should have given a chance to maybe Trayson Borgay, Kate Finnegan, Ryder Burton, say you got a chance to win the number one job too. I, I just I guess my thought with that too is that Gary Bohannon and Jake Retzlaff to me don't command enough. Uh, of a presence to say, yeah, these are the top two guys. Now, Aaron Rodgers. And one of those has 
that was the first time he'd ever seen him wear a BYU helmet, and he's coming off a year in which he didn't play. Yeah. Aaron Roderick's seen these guys and dealing with, you know, and he's he believes in Jake Retzlaff, and I think he believes in Gary Bohannon too, uh, but it, it's just a very unique quarterback battle where there's not this one guy that you say, that's the future. You know, it, it's just kind of this, You're, I think everyone's kind of hoping for the best, and... Ideally, Matt, I think that in the best case scenario for BYU long term and for the future, you want to see Jake Retzlaff emerge. Yep. And I think you want to see Trayson Borgay or Ryder Burton or whoever show signs that they can be a guy that can, can contribute in games. Gary Bohannon can be good. He can. Now, how good? I don't know. It might be a case of he is who he is, but he can contribute in games. So you got, you know, one guy that you feel like can, you can turn to in a game. You want Retzlaff to be a consistent starter player that, that you feel like you can get to a bowl game with, and then you got a third guy that you feel really good about his development, and he's really moved up the chain, and if called upon, he could be turned to, and you feel like you can still maybe squeak out a victory, but uh, that that is going to be the real big question for this team, and I don't think any Cougar fan listening right now is going to believe any of it until the fall, and rightfully so. I don't think they want to let their guard down and, you know, kind of get bought in. And look, I, I think that I'm looking at it from a very critical thought too, because I'll admit, you know, I kind of bought into Keaton Slovis after spring. It didn't transpire. It didn't carry over to the fall. And I think with this quarterback unit, we're ultimately going to learn about, you know, how good these guys are when it's a game. And I think someone like Jake Retzlaff, honestly, might look better in a game setting than a practice with his style of play. But uh, you know, it, it's an interesting battle nonetheless, and it's going to be one we're going to be focusing on every step of the way in spring. I will say this. W- one thing I do like about this two-man battle is whoever the loser is, I love that guy as the backup. Yeah. Who, because last year, there was nowhere to go. Like, you did not want to play Jake Retzlaff last year. You had to out of circumstance, but there wasn't a great option. Like, you had a JC guy with no division one experience as your backup and that did not translate well there were there were highs and there were lows for jake if if jake wins the job and i'm with you 100 percent, it is the best thing for bou football for jake to win because then you get him this year you get him next year and hopefully you bring in a dude maybe he's already here maybe it's Ryder burton if it's not you go get a guy and you get him ready for that for two years down the road and if, if that's how plays out, I love Gary Bohannon as a backup. You could put him in, in a pinch, whether it's injury or poor performance, and you'd feel good that he could get the job done. Uh, Maybe not to the tune of a 10-win season as a full-time starter, but he could get you some wins. And so, that's the thing I like about it. The other thing, too, is last year, I, I still am not convinced that Keaton Slovis was the problem offensively. I still feel like he was in a, a really hard situation with no run game, an offensive line that was that had played so poorly uh, in comparison to the talent. You got Kingsley Suamataia at the NFL Combine, and I don't know if he had a great year. And I just feel like if it's Jake or if it's Gary, if there's not improvement with the O-line and the running game, yep. it's not going to matter because – this league is too good. It's too deep, especially with the addition of the four corner schools out of the Pac-12. Like you can't be bottom of the barrel running the football and expect your quarterback to have success. And I think Keaton was uh, whatever the opposite of Ben. You know, 
he, it hurt him that there was no running game because his style of play was play action, and that wasn't that was never available because they they didn't have that other part of the game, and so it's and it's going to be hard to evaluate in that spring, Mitch. Like there, there's so many questions that will not be answered until we watch that game at the end of August. Right now, at this point of the off season and, and spring ball, they've wrapped up the first two days, heading into day three on Monday. I feel way too early, way more confident with Jake Ratzlaff getting BYU to a bowl game than I would Gary Bohannon. And maybe that's just a case of I've seen more of Jake. But, you know, I watched a lot of Gary Bohannon in that Baylor season in 2021 because that was an opponent that BYU had and scouting and studying these Big 12 teams, getting ready for the transition to the league. I was keeping a close eye on Bohannon and also in 2022 as well with another common opponent at South Florida. I just feel like Ratzlaff might have another level, another gear to his game that could be unlocked. And I think that, you know, Roderick, you know, was very excited about getting him uh, when they added him in the January of 2023. It was, it was a pretty big deal to where there was a feeling maybe he could, you know, he's not going to unseat Keaton Slovis, but it was like, hey, this he's going to develop to be the number two guy and they're going to feel very good about it. So uh, it's just that when you have a season where you go five and seven and you have, no identity offensively, and you're pretty much bottom of the barrel in the stats. You kind of almost want this quick fix there, where it's like a guy that's got. Uh, you, you want this. You want a lot of star power, proven commodity at that uh, position the, this year, and they just don't have that. It's so it's got to be development. And you know, Jake Retzlaff did say he was working with John Beck in the off season to get ready for this quarterback battle. I live in Corona, which is 30 minutes away from Huntington Beach, so I'm out there with John Beck, you know, as much as I could when I was gone for the break. And, uh, you know, working with him is such a – so fortunate that I'm able to do that, to live down the road, to be able to do that. I mean, he works out of my first junior college. That, that field that I played on, that's where we work out every day. And so it's, uh, it's awesome to be able to work with a guy like that. The experience he has, he's taught me so much in the short time that, you know, we've been working together, and he's just helping me improve in every single facet. I mean, it's, it's a prerequisite now to work with John Beck to be the POU starting quarterback. but And I like that, too, because not only are you working with Beck and you're rubbing shoulders with him who's worked with so many other guys, how often do you come in contact with NFL guys? Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, yeah. It, he's no longer training to be a quarterback, but back in Zach's days, Drew Brees, right? So you're rubbing shoulders with all those kind of guys. I love to hear that just because it – Gives you a little peek into the window of the seriousness yes. of someone. Because, look, college football is serious. It's not, this isn't 1990 anymore where you can be an athlete and be a student and that's it. And you walk around, it's no big deal. Like and, you, and you show up to fall camp and you basically work your way into shape. Right. Like, no, you better hit the ground running uh, in, in week one of spring ball. And I thought Retzlaff, to his credit, he's very excited. You know, and I think. To have some excitement, that means just body language. And look, the actions speak louder than words. But, you know, it sounds like a guy that was, you know, excited to, uh, you know, because he's put in a lot of work. When, you, when you've when prepared, when you're ready, you're kind of like, it's a sleepless night. You're just so excited to get back out there and show how you've improved. And I thought that was something noteworthy as that excitement from Jake was, uh, you know, showing itself in, in that uh, practice on day one. Is it unfair to say the... the- Biggest and best takeaway from the little bit we saw in day one was freshman tight end Reiner Swanson. He was impressive. Four-star out of California. He's only 17, too. And when you when you realize that, 
and what he was doing out there. He was there, running with the ones at times. He was outstanding. And there is a clear opening at tight end. With Isaac Rex gone and with Ethan Erickson banged up, who knows how long in spring or what whatnot, there is a clear opportunity for someone like Reiner Swanson to emerge. And with a new tight ends coach, it's Kevin Gilbride, slate. why not? And if he's the guy and he's ready, go ahead. Like, I don't think this coaching staff is attached or tethered to anyone outside of maybe L.J. Martin, Connor Payne, Ben Bywater, Braden Kime. Yeah. That's about it. And Jacob Robinson. Yep. Everyone else, it's up for grabs, man. You got to go earn it. Like, no one on this roster, and that's kind of one of the fun things I like about this spring, is that there should just be tons of competition. Everyone's got to be fighting for their snaps because. The transfer portal's there, and I know this coaching staff feels pretty good about where the the roster's at, and they feel like this could be pretty close to the final product. But you always you always have to think that that there could be player movement, and uh, so everyone's got to compete. Go earn your spot to be on that first line when you've ultimately take on Southern Illinois in August. Here's what Jake Retzlaff said about that tight end group: Putting Keanu at tight end is awesome for us. You know, he can do a lot of things, and uh, he's also big physical. <laughs> Receiver when he was there, so now he can be that as a tight end. And Reiner, Reiner had a great day today, in my opinion, and um, he's shown some great athleticism and great way to move, and looking forward to see what that guy has in store. Yeah, he really did. Let's take a break. On the other side, we caught up with Chase Roberts, one of the great BYU receivers. We'll play that interview next.